Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Thursday, January 25th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith with you and ready to break down the Thursday NHL card. Uh, we've got nine games tonight in NHL action. Uh, looking forward to breaking those down. We'll recap yesterday as well in just a moment. But first, the big news of the day. And those of you, of course, that are great Patreon members and subscribers, you already know it is an Ice Guys live betcast game day, baby. You better believe it. We have ourselves a BetCast tonight. Yes, indeed. And it will be our first Patreon-exclusive Ice Guys Live BetCast. The only way to watch this BetCast tonight and the only way to join us on the stream tonight as part of the BetCast on screen, it's by being a Patreon member and subscriber. So there you go. There you see all the details tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. This date, Thursday, January 25th, is the date that we picked out weeks ago to be the first Patreon-exclusive Ice Guys Live BetCast of 2024. And again, to be part of the BetCast, all you need to do, sign up and subscribe for just $10 per month at patreon.com slash iceguys to watch the BetCast and take part, of course, and join us on the stream if you wish. Uh, we posted the YouTube link this morning. Uh, on the Patreon page for tonight's BetCast. So uh, we're looking forward to it very much. And also, uh, one other thing we want to point out, too, for those of you that want to actually join us on camera, on the screen during the BetCast, uh, I've uh, instructed all our Patreon members on the Patreon page to just leave their name and email address uh, in the comments where the uh, YouTube link is posted, and we will make sure we get that StreamYard link for the BetCast sent to you just as we get underway tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. Really, the only thing that's different is this is exclusive to Patreon members, this BetCast tonight. It's going to be the same BetCast you know and love, though. Live betting, commentary, throw back a few beers, few drinks, have some fun, lots of laughs. Certainly, we had a lot of laughs a couple weeks ago with our main January BetCast. So. And what I like about these, Alex, a little more quaint environment, a little more cozy atmosphere, yeah. too, because it's just the Patreon members, the most devoted, loyal, uh, and uh, beloved uh, viewers and listeners of the show with us. So it's going to be a lot of fun, as always, with the BetCast tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it's a little bit of a different feel when it's the, the Patreon exclusive, like I said, kind of a smaller crowd, and a lot of the usual names and faces, but it's still always a good time. So definitely want to encourage everybody to, like I said, sign on up if you haven't already and uh, join us tonight. Some interesting games on the card, too, so it kind of worked out pretty well that uh, this is the, the date that we end up landing on. No doubt. Uh, looking forward to it. It's a good card. Now, normally with these uh, Patreon, I don't know. Have we done a, I think we've done up exclusive. It was back on the YouTube, back when the YouTube tier was going subscription. But I think this is the first Patreon exclusive BetCast. And usually with these ones, we keep it a little shorter. But then I look at the schedule and I see, you know what? The latest game is 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central with the two games with Columbus, Calgary, Chicago, Edmonton. So we might go right till the end of those games tonight. We'll see how it goes. But uh, with those two games being, there's no real late, you know, 1030 Eastern game tonight. Uh, on the uh, schedule, so we might go right till the end of the uh, of the slate tonight with the uh, Patreon exclusive Ice Guys live betcast. So we're looking forward to that. And again, make sure you sign up if you want to take part 
and join us on the BetCast tonight. Uh, let's look back on Wednesday night. It was a busy Wednesday, a busier Wednesday than normal in NHL action. We will start with Winnipeg and Toronto. Uh, Alex and I were both winners with the draw, plus 350. Uh, those Toronto Maple draws that have serviced us so well this year continue to do so. Uh, how about the fact that you have a scoreless game going to overtime? Only the second time that has happened this year. The only other game that was scoreless after regulation was Flyers-Islanders, and it was a Saturday night game back in November. That's it. So that tells you how in a world, an NHL world we live in, Alex, where there's a lot more goals than there used to be, you know, it's you have to almost be shocked now when you see a game like that uh, last night, scoreless after the three periods of play. It's funny, I was going back and looking to see other scoreless uh, games heading into overtime in a shootout uh, in recent years. And there was one back, I think, two years ago with Chicago and Dallas. And you mentioned the Fly Flyers and, and Islanders. I was on the draw in all three of those games. So uh, it's something that, you know, maybe like, you know, we always talk, talk about sprinkle a little something. Maybe you put a dollar on a 0-0 on a zero, zero score every time you bet a draw and you hit one of those, that's going to be uh, a really nice payout. Somebody was talking about that. I think somebody said they saw in the neighborhood of plus 4,000. I don't know if they bet it, but they just saw that that number being quoted. So um, it's rare. It's extremely rare, but it's nice to be on the draw when, when those kind of games happen. You, you, you hope for a whole lot of nothing uh, at some point when you have a draw bet, and that was 60 minutes of it. So that's uh, as good as it gets. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was as good as it gets. And I've been telling you what um, – I, I can't say, Matt, that, you know, imagine having money on 0-0 correct score and draw. I never even considered 0-0 correct score. And to be honest yeah. with you, I wonder if there were any takers at any book to have a 0-0 game after regulation. Probably always one bet on something. You know? Yeah, you never know. There always seems to be one person that crawls out of the weeds, and here they are betting something that you would never expect would cash, which ends up cashing. So maybe someone did have a correct score, 0-0, after regulation. Hey, people thought we were crazy when we started betting these draws, and look what happened yep. now. So Yeah, and now it's a movement, draw season. Make sure you get the hashtag rolling as well. Hashtag draw oh, cool. season. Hashtag and draw SDN. Get that thing going. I mean, it is... Uh, this is uh we have not... No one has bet more draws and recommended more draws and acknowledged the draw bet more than us. Uh, on uh, any and we, we trump all the NHL betting shows, the ones out there as far as trumpeting the draw uh, bet uh, and uh, being able to profit from it as much as we have. So uh, it was great to see that come through. It was a great goaltending matchup, and it was an awesome job by Ilya Samsonov. That's now two great performances by him in a row, uh, really getting his confidence back. We know he's gone through, obviously, the uh, mental struggles. Uh, the team is at his back. The coaching staff is at his back. GM Brad Tree Living is stuck by him. Uh, the whole time, and to see him not only get the win and the shutout win and be spectacular, especially on a two-on-zero breakaway that the Winnipeg Jets had shorthanded in that game, and he made like two or three incredible saves during that time. Uh, he looks like he's getting his game back. It's great to see. You can tell he's very well liked. Uh, you know what a great guy he is too, because in the post game they always give out the belt, and a lot of teams do this. They do some kind of post game thing after they win. They give out the belt for Toronto after they win. And Samsonov wanted, who got the belt the last game when they beat Seattle, he wanted to give it to Matthews because Matthews got the overtime winner. Matthews said, no, 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 none of that shit. You're keeping that belt, Sammy. You're keeping that belt because you earned it. You were that good last night for us once again. So it's re really cool to see that. And look, the Leafs didn't play good at all. They played like ass for like half the game. Terrible. And that bad line change with Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, which resulted in that 2-0 
two-on-o rush shorthanded for Winnipeg, got their ass benched and stapled to the bench for like two or three shifts, including the next power play when Sheldon Keefe didn't put him out there uh, on the ice. So you don't see that from Keefe very often. That angry, that pissed off, you know, especially with his top players publicly, you know, behind the bench there, but he was. Uh, and uh, But all's well that ends well. Like I say, for Toronto to get a win out of that game with how they played, especially early in it, uh, that's all Samsonov and credit to them finding a way as for the jets. I mean, I'm concerned about their offense and the big news is Josh Morrissey's injury as well. They were down to five defensemen in that game. And now without Morrissey, who knows how long his absence might be, but that is definitely a concern moving forward team. That's already without Shifley and Velarde up front. So injuries suddenly an impact injuries as well, starting to mount here for Winnipeg. Uh, despite the fact that they've had this uh, terrific season to this point. We saw Arizona and Florida. It was Fight Club at the beginning of that game with the Coyotes and the Panthers. And, man, you love to see it. And this stems from a situation that happened between these teams in the desert where Nick Cousins was running around acting a fool. Uh, That's also the game he got injured. Uh, Zucker had enough of his antics and plowed him into the boards. Florida wasn't happy with that. Arizona wasn't happy with Cousins acting like a douche on the ice, which he's done quite a bit uh, here this season. And I guess they decided, you know what? We don't like you for something, and we you don't like us for something. We're going to settle it with a couple of scraps right off the hop. And that's exactly what we got uh, with Arizona and Florida uh, last night, where we saw two fights right off the uh, get-go uh, in that game. Gadjevich and uh, O'Brien uh, ended up uh, fighting uh, there at the uh, – uh, at the beginning of that game, Lomberg against uh, McBain uh, right off the hop. So um, it was just, hey, we want to, um, you know, settle this and, you know, let's put it all out on the table that uh, scrap right off the hop, given the, uh, the animosity and the uh, extracurriculars that took place when these two teams played earlier in this season. So that was quite a way to start the game. Uh, Florida just shelling poor Karel Vemelka, who continues to struggle in net for Arizona. Uh, 3-0 lead after the first, and they roll to a 6-2 victory. That was a beautiful game for me. First period over, full game over, which was my best bet on the show. Florida team total over. Uh, all of it cashing in last night, Alex. And uh, Florida uh, getting the job done. And I know that, I think you were on the first period over and full game over in that game yep. as well. And I had the, even the Panthers team total over. So yep. it's a wonderful result, sweeping that game. And uh, Florida getting back on track at home, which I know there was a focus from Maurice and the players going into that game last night. Like, hey, we got to start playing better on home ice. We're doing our thing on the road. We got to bring it to uh, Amarant Bank Arena, whatever the fuck it's called now, uh, and uh, get the job done. And Florida has certainly much better on home ice last night, correcting those issues. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just came out and absolutely blitzed uh, Arizona, a team that, you know, we talk about how great they've been playing right now, but they just seem to be going through kind of that bit of a fatigue. The injury bug has bit them hard as well. Uh, you know, you've got this now. You went from having a 1A1B system that looked pretty good at the end of last season with Vamelka and Ingram to now Connor Ingram has, uh, you know, become a standout goaltender in the league, at least in this season. And Karel Vamelka has uh, massively fell off. And so now you have such a wide gap. And when I do my, uh, I'll do my standings rankings, my goalie charts uh, before tonight's backcast, I have a 30 cent uh, difference between Ingram and Vamelka, where I had a 20 cent difference in favor of Vimelka uh, around this time last year. So so it's funny how things can change in a calendar year. And uh, Florida took advantage of that, jumped all over, got the first period over, cash easy with three goals in the first. 
hit that full game over. And like I said, I had a little bit of a Panthers team total in that as well. So uh, just a, a really solid, sound game from Florida. And they keep stringing wins like that together against teams you you need to beat. They're going to be right there in, in the mix as far as certainly a playoff team. But, you know, we could be talking about them possibly winning that Atlantic division title, especially with, you know, all the teams in that division kind of slipping off a little bit. No doubt. Uh, it was the Nathan McKinnon show in Colorado last night. Oh, my goodness, what a performance. Uh, and it's not the first time he's had a game like that. Uh, and he's certainly capable of it, but that was absolutely outstanding. Steven Stucci, good to see you, my friend. Uh, it's been a long time. He's a, a Minnesotan, uh, much like where Alex is. St. Right. Paul, he's a, he's a, he's a, grand, a grand seven guy. We ran yep, into each other good. several times. Yeah, no doubt. It's been a long time, my friend. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I have not talked to you, Stephen in a very long time, and it's just you get so busy, and sometimes you lose contact with uh, uh, people, but uh, we wish you well, and it's good to see you in our chat here and tuning into the uh, show here. Uh, but yeah, when you, Colorado just outstanding last night, six to two uh, victory over the uh, Washington Capitals. Um, you know, Nathan McKinnon just could not be stopped. Uh, he was just a, a natural hat trick in the second period. He adds a fourth goal uh, to make it uh, to give Colorado their sixth goal in that game. And that last goal, he scored that fourth goal. What a fucking bomb of a shot! My goodness, I mean, when that guy shoots the puck, it's like a missile coming for your head. I mean, serious. I mean, it's not just accuracy, it's velocity. I don't know if very few forwards shoot the puck harder than that guy. Like, it's just, it's going to rip your head off if it hits you uh, without a mask on. You know, it decapitate you. Holy fuck. I mean, <laughs> my goodness, what a shot that, that guy's got. But what a night he had. I mean, a natural hat trick, four goals for uh, Nathan McKinnon last night, 6-2 to two win for Washington. Other than the first period over not hitting, that was a very good game for me as well. Team total over on the Avs and the full game over six there. Carolina-Boston, the first of the TNT games, 3-2 Hurricanes. Mom's trip, you can tell they were up for that. You can't disappoint mom. Uh, it was a nice win for Carolina. I thought Spencer Martin played all right. First start with the uh, Hurricanes. Yeah, uh, and that's another reason I think they wanted to dig in, play well for him, and they did. Boston made a push. Marshawn getting them two goals to tie the game. But Jordan Martinuk with the game winner. Now, that's a shot that Allmark's got to have. You know, it wasn't, it, it's definitely a save he should make. But credit to Martinuk. It leaked through Allmark uh, and uh, gives Carolina the lead, and they would hold on for the 3-2 win. And so Jordan Martinuk, obviously game winner with over a minute left, and unfortunately ruined the draw for me. So thanks, Jordan, for that. Uh, but nevertheless, um, I will say this. You knew he was going to get interviewed after the game, but you didn't necessarily think Ma would join him in the post-game interview on TNT. Uh, how are you doing, Ma? Yeah, Ma Martinuk was there with Jordan. Wendy Martinuk, and if you, if you watch that game and you saw some of the reactions that they would show in the mom's press box, she had some of the great reactions there in terms of how she was into it uh, from the press box. Mrs. Martinuk, Wendy, and what a sweetheart. I mean, my goodness. Uh, and you could tell that it was kind of emotional for Jordan having mom beside him there for that post-game interview with Liam, Biz, Ace, and Hank on TNT last night. That was so cool, I thought. It's a wonderful yeah. moment, wonderful television, proof how TNT just gets it right. That was phenomenal. I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's something that ESPN wouldn't have probably even thought of doing, you know, like I said, and kind of incorporating that. But the TNT, once again, you know, knocking it out of the park. And, uh, you know, she was uh, mic'd up as well during the game. So uh, it was cool to see him score. He's mic'd up, and then they cut to her in the in the press box as well. So uh, you, you love seeing those moments like that. Those are those are the moments that make uh, watching this game and watching sports overall as a whole great. Uh, seeing these guys get to perform in front of the, you know, the family members who helped them work hard as they could growing up to get to this point now and to be able to share in those moments now, it's, it's truly special. 
No doubt. Uh, it was great television there and a nice win for Carolina. And they're in action again tonight. Uh, in fact, both of those teams are Carolina and Boston playing back to backs. And obviously we'll get to their games tonight momentarily. Uh, we had uh, St. Louis with a 4-3 win against Vancouver in overtime last night. Um, credit to the Blues, you know, persistent, found a way. Uh, Vancouver comes back, ties it uh, late, uh, and then they still win in overtime. Now there's debatable. It could have been interference on that overtime winner for Braden Shen. Wasn't called. I think he definitely could have called that, but it didn't get called. And uh, St. Louis ends, he ends up winning it uh, with that wrist shot from the slot, beating Casey to Smith. Uh, for the 4-3 overtime win. Credit to uh, Alex. That's a draw I did not end up betting, but Alex did with the Blues and the Canucks there. Uh, a draw at around a plus 400 price. So mm -hmm. uh, outstanding uh, snag there to get a draw there with the Blues and the Canucks. And if you thought that was impressive from Alex B. Smith, you ain't seen nothing yet. Chicago and Seattle. My goodness, could you have nailed a game any better than Alex did? Holy mackerel. And you know what? The more I thought about it, because he was talking really like in Seattle in a variety of different ways on the show yesterday, I ended up jumping on a bunch of those as well, like Seattle puck line and team totals for the full game in the first period as well. I looked in those directions. I figured, you know what? Let's, let's think about this for a second. Seattle's desperate. They're not going to take Chicago lightly. They need to get back in the win column. They've lost a few in a row. They finally had a few days off with no travel after the road-weary schedule, and they've got this beaten-up Chicago team with a horrible goaltender you know, coming into their building tonight. And that's exactly how it played out. They jumped on them early. Uh, Chicago had a good first period, but then uh, Seattle capitalized on every chance because, look, Soderblom's not it right now, uh, clearly. Uh, and then, of course, Seattle ended up uh, getting better and stronger as the game went on, and they ended up rolling to a 6-2 to two, uh, victory there. So how about this uh, showing here for Alex B. Smith from this game? Uh, he recommended on the show, and we posted the card yesterday, as we always do. It's another perk to sign up at patreon.com slash guys for $10 a month, not just because we have our first live betcast, which is Patreon exclusive tonight, but because the card is posted. The card for Alex included first period over cash, full game over five and a half cash, Seattle alternative team total over four plus 110 cash, and he even went with a first period correct score prop for Seattle, Chicago, Seattle up two to one after the first 20 minutes at 12 to one plus 1200 that also cashed my goodness, Alex, my hats off and uh, applause and just uh, incredible, uh, completely and utterly nailed the fuck out of that hockey game. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, when you watch a team this long, like, like I watched the Hawks, you just certain things just stick out to you and you see schedules and you see just how they're playing in, in form. And this just looked like, one of those flat national TV Hawks on the road, they get their ass kicked spots. I've seen this as I was a little kid. And, you know, you add in Soderblom starting and, you know, you guys know all the things I said about him. Uh, and like I said, it's a desperate Seattle team at home who, you know, they won't take this team lightly. Remember, they did lose to the Hawks the first meeting of the season. They came back a couple of weeks after that, put the screws on and scored seven goals. Uh, and, and it seems like, you know, when you have a really bad team, right, like a bottom five team, like a Sharks or, or a Hawks, a Ducks, they beat a good team and they know they're going to play them a couple more times. And we've seen this, you go back in history, the next two, three, four, five times that that better team plays them, like I said, they, they remember that. And it carries over and they said, no, we have to beat the crap out of this team. We can beat them. We're much better than them. And they put the screws to them. And that's exactly what happened. Now, the correct score look in the first period kind of came out of necessity. I had mentioned on the show that I like first period uh, team total over for Seattle. 
that I was looking for a one and a half. Well, you shop around because everybody was anticipating a lower score. There were no one and a half unless you went to BetMGM. So I'm at FanDuel. I'm seeing this uh, over a half at minus 200. I'm not laying that. So I go to correct scores, which I usually do when I'm looking for draws. And I go, let's just look for something in the first period. And I'm like, I'm not going to go 2-0 because I feel like the Hawks could get a goal. If they're going to have any kind of energy, it's going to be in the first 20 minutes. So that's how I landed on 2-1 at a decent price, plus 100 uh, to tie in with everything else. And, and uh, it all came to fruition. Yeah, it was wonderful, uh, wonderful result all around. And uh, what, th- that's about as happy. That's the wonderful thing about betting, especially when you're betting with unbiased uh, opinions, when you, you're betting to make money, you're betting to win, you're betting good situations, good spots. You wouldn't think, uh, you know, Alex was a Blackhawks fan listening to him just now. <laughs> I mean, he's yeah. he's loving life. He's just loving it here. What a great game for me last night. Yeah. Uh, and it's because, look, you got to make money and you got to do what's right from a financial standpoint. And your betting decisions can't be clouded by fandom. You know, I've said that for years and years, and that's proof right there. It's like I could bet on the Hawks and then be double miserable because my team lost and I lost money. Or I could realize, hey, these guys aren't good. Let me bet the other side in any way I possibly can and make some money out of it. So, yeah, that's the most fun I probably ever had watching the Hawks lose, like, to be honest. Uh, there's a good question, probably for Alex, because he dabbles in that way more than I do, the correct score. But Tim says, how many units would you recommend betting on a correct score? Oh, no, score? That's, that's really small. Like, no more than a quarter unit for, for yeah. a correct score. Like, I had a, I had a quarter unit on, on that, personally. Sometimes, and if I do a correct score full game, that'll definitely be a quarter unit. But if I'm doing anything with a period, this is, like, maybe the second time I've ever done this with a first period. If I'm doing this with a first period, it would be a quarter unit max, and I would go even smaller than that, because this is – Beer, we're talking beer money here because if at plus 1200, all right, fine. You hit you throw a 10 on it, you know, you got some decent money coming back your way. So it's something to where, like, you know, you you, you got your uh, I, I talked about this with a couple other gamblers where like they have a, a kind of like like the round things off. So if they have X amount in 738, they'll take that 738 and just throw it on some kind of prop they like. So it's something you could do like that. Take two, three dollars and round off your 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 balance and just throw it on something fun like that. And it could hit and all of a sudden you got a you know 50 or 100 bucks extra in your account. And you're paying for juice essentially uh when you're making larger bets if you start betting with those smaller units and finding some diamonds in the rough like that. Yeah, and uh, uh no doubt that was a great result. And if you think it's bad for Chicago last night. They have a brutal travel spot. Seattle now to Edmonton, back to back now, and you got to play a team that's looking for their fifteenth win in a row tonight. And by the way, they're closing in on the Fran- the the league record, you know, the NHL record for consecutive wins. I think it's Pittsburgh in ninety one, ninety two, I believe seventeen. Ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, yeah, and they're getting close to that. Like they're they're three away from tying it, four away from surpassing it. You don't think that's on their minds now? Uh, that the, that they want to not just tie, but maybe beat that record. So that's a motivated. Edmonton team probably tonight as well and then the last game I mean I, I'm ready to say it I mean I'm worried I think the Kings might be shot broken I can't believe I'm saying that about this team I cannot believe it especially with the way they had that incredible road run to start the year and just how locked in they were to the details of their game defensively and how their team structure was and Talbot was great in that and they were scoring enough goals and they were winning games the right way and it, you know to me, that's the biggest issue with the LA Kings. What has happened to their structure? What has happened to their defensive game? What has happened to it? And last night was just a dreadful disaster. You're up three to one. You're in control against a Buffalo team that is just in, in, uh, in erratic, inconsistent. That's also playing a back to back on the road. And the LA Kings somehow 
lose the lead and end up getting four unanswered scored against them to lose 5-3 last night to the Buffalo Sabres. And that that's the lowest of the low for all of these losses that they have had. Uh, just absolutely dreadful. 2-12 uh, and 12 for the uh, LA Kings now in their last 14 games. And uh, Andre Kopitar says we're not playing as a team. Uh, Todd McClellan, the stupidity that went into the loss is beyond explainable. And someone actually asked Todd McClellan after the game, uh, are you worried at all currently with this bad run about your job? And I can't believe it. The last night's the first time I'm thinking, is Todd McClellan going to get gassed here if this continues for another few days or a week or so? Rob Blake just gave him a vote of confidence like a week or two weeks ago. But my goodness, if it keeps going like this, I'd be worried if I'm Todd McClellan. And he asked, and he answered that question very, very honestly last night. He says, it's a fair question, he said. It's totally fair. Uh, that's that's what he said about that question about, you know, whether he was worried, you know, about the status of, of him as a head coach right now. But no more uh, angry words, uh, you know, pointed words and remarks following that loss came from anyone but Drew Doughty uh, after that game, who really, really lit in and laced his team for this recent run, saying, we've got guys in this room that are too worried about themselves worried about their points. Is that like a veiled shot at Pierre-Luc Dubois, maybe? I don't know, but he did score last night, by the way, so that was good to see that. I did bet that goal prop, so that was the one good thing for L.A. We had a 3-1 to one lead tonight, and then guys started to think it was a cookie night. We stopped playing the way we know how to play, had an awful second period, and aren't much better in the third. It's about the team, not about yourself. Guys on this team, we need to realize that. So Drew Doughty coming out swinging about his teammates right now and the plight of this Kings team. They're a mess right now, Alex, and I'm shocked. I can't believe that it's gotten this bad. Yeah, I, I'm stunned too. And, and, you know, I understand uh, Dowdy's frustration as a veteran and, and a leader on this team, a guy who would love uh, nothing more to have one more deep playoff run before he calls it a career. Uh, you know, to see guys around him, you know, lollygagging and, and not putting forth the, the full 60-minute effort requires night in and night out. Uh, it's obviously frustrating. And, and, you know, there's a lot to be said here. And like I said, we, we, we're blaming the goaltending, right? That's that's our easy our easy out all the time is all, well, you know, there's no Copley and Talbot's being run down and David Rick. guy's yeah. cheating for offense with a three-to-one lead. That doesn't happen to the LA Kings with exactly. the structure and the defensive, you know, wherewithal that they've played with for years. It's happening now. You got guys that are up at the blue line waiting for the puck there instead of being in good defensive posture, helping, helping their blue line out to clear the puck out of the zone. What the hell? That's not L.A. King hockey. Not, not at all. all. No, not at all. And like I said, going back for years and years, they've always been responsible moving the puck. They've always been in the right positions. No matter the coach, like I said, even going back to Sutter, we talk about how antiquated he is, but but he had people in the right places. You're seeing this guy is just kind of just wandering aimlessly at times. I go back to that overtime where the Kings lost against uh, Detroit. And they had Matt Roy out there. Matt Roy looked like he didn't know what the fuck he was doing one bit. And to have him being the point man and you're you know, pushing the puck up the ice and you're going up against guys like Alex DeBrinkett and Sir Patrick Kane and all of a sudden they come and beat you down a two and a, on old breakaway. And it's just like, what's McClellan watching? And, you know, that's the thing. You know, with one hand, I'm like, oh, do you really want to fire him midseason? It's, he's not a, a horrible coach. And I don't really think there's anybody right now in that L.A. system that would – kickstart something right away, you know, unless you make some kind of crazy splash hire and pull a, a Islanders, you get a name out of nowhere. But uh, other than that, you know, it, it just seems like this Kingston, this, 
maybe they need the break. And, and Nick in the chat said that, you know, maybe the break is what's going to ha- need to reset them. They they need something to change soon. And it may, be, it may not come from something on the ice. It may be getting off of the ice that is the big shakeup they need. But something else is going to have to happen. And they will have to make some changes. And, and I'm sure Rob Blake's on the phone daily now. We talked about him trying to find another goaltender. But maybe, you know, shake up and get some guys out of there who are not pulling their weight and uh, and see if you can refresh this thing before it's too late. Yeah, I mean, Talbot hasn't been as great. I get that. But my goodness, they you're exactly right. Philly Eagle Flyers got it nailed. They look slow. They're getting beaten to loose pucks. And you can't win puck battles if you don't have the foot speed to win those battles. And in a lot of instances, L.A. doesn't have that right now. Uh, and it, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a sickening feeling. Uh, you're right. Maybe this blue line, we overrated it. Because I thought I liked Matt Roy's game last year, two years ago. He hasn't been that same guy. Not even close this year uh, for the L.A. Kings. I don't think even uh, Mikey Anderson's played as well. Uh, this year he's made some fumbles and fuck ups with the puck too they all have you know they all have and and even though Doughty was ripping the team he's not absolved the blame either no nope. you know he's had some uh, issues as well in terms of his, his own end uh, and look he's played a lot of games you know you're not going to get the absolute best to him I'm not going to blame you know I, I don't mind what I think Gavrikov's been solid he's the one guy I wouldn't blame too much I don't think I have too much issue with him right now but Anglin and Clark I mean poor Brant Clark this kid's just a young kid here uh, and, uh, you know, it put into a tough spot here with the team struggling, uh, right now. Uh, yeah, but they've just got to iron it out. And to me, when you look at this team too, offensively, uh, it's been up and down from everybody. Pierre-Luc Dubois brought in to be the strong two-way center. His defensive game hasn't been anywhere close to as good as it should be. And obviously the offense hasn't been there consistently for him. So there's just a lot of issues right now. Kempe's not having a great year to be honest. Kempe's having a so-so year. This is a guy that we thought would get 40 or even 50 goals this year for the LA Kings. Uh, that uh, Andre Kopitar, I feel bad for him. His offense has dried up considerably too. Uh, and you wonder, you wonder if this is a mini little Ovechkin thing, Alex, going on with Andre uh, right now, as far as the offensive side of things. Like he's always going to do, try to do what he can as far as responsibility defensively. But the offensive side of his game, he he can't buy one right now uh, for the LA yeah. Kings. And it's almost like Father Time has knocked on his door these last this last month or so. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny. We talk about how deep this team is. But, yeah, I'm looking, you know, just at the current depth chart now. And, like I said, I'm seeing, you know, guys like Trevor Lewis with only five goals. Uh, you know, Jared Dole Anderson only played That I expect, games. yeah. But I'm just saying, but you know, having those third and fourth line guys step up when those top line guys, aren't there, that was the kind of thing that we all liked about L.A. is saying, oh, okay, well, if Kopitar doesn't show up tonight, then then maybe somebody from the third or fourth line step up. PLD will, will step up and, and have a big night. And that's the thing. We haven't been seeing that. This team has been way more top-heavy forward-wise uh, from, from a score sheet perspective than, than uh, we were expecting. And so when you add that to the issues of defense and then the issues of goaltending, I think that's the biggest problem. They're having these stretches and streaks because they're so top-heavy. And we see this happen with all top-heavy teams. Maybe shake up the lines. Maybe start moving some guys. Not not to say it's a, a promotion-to-motion thing, but let's get three solid forward lines out here and, and let's get everybody involved. Hell, let's let's move somebody from the second line down to the fourth line. Get everybody involved and, and make everything look uniform so we can have a consistent rush and, and get something changed, get something shaken up. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you're right, they look slow. They're not getting any co- sort of depth forward uh, contributions offensively. Uh, Kopitar's offensive game has declined. Kempe's not having the season he did last year. 
you know, you've obviously got, uh, you know, Byfield has obviously had taken a huge step this year, but he's cooled off a little bit lately. Yep. Fiala's is up and down. You know, you're not getting much. Uh, Moore's been good. Moore, I like. Moore's been good. I can't blame Moore too much. Trevor Moore's had a nice season for L.A., but just not enough from everyone else in the forward group. The defense hasn't been as good as I thought, and obviously goaltending was great early, and Talbot's game declined a little bit. And you know you can't trust David Riddick, so no. that's another reason why Rob Blake maybe uh, is going to have to uh, you know, there you go. You ran it ran into Jason Demers at Mullet Arena. Ryan, good stuff. There you oh, go. Cool. Nice. He's everywhere, that guy. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just issues right now uh for the LA Kings. There's no uh no question about that. And um it's tough. They need the it's a great point by Nick Earl. Uh, good to see him in the chat. They need the all-star break. Oh, badly. Badly they need it. Maybe that's what's gonna get them back on track, but they need it. They look like they're leaking oil and they need the all-star break in the worst way. Uh, there's no question about that. All right, let's get into the Thursday card here. We've got uh, the first game on tap. It is the Boston Bruins and the Ottawa Senators. We've got Boston minus 135, road favorites, six and a half the total uh, here in this game, back-to-back -back for the Bruins after losing it to Carolina last night by a score of 3-2. Uh, now on the back-to-back uh, -back here tonight in Ottawa uh, against this Senators team. Uh, an Ottawa team that don't look now slowly, and I mean slowly starting to show some improvement. Uh, there's a lot of things that like their advanced numbers look a little bit better these last few games uh, during this three and one stretch, beating Montreal twice, beating Philadelphia, who were playing well at the time, losing in overtime to Winnipeg, you know, which I thought they played well enough to win in that game. They outplayed the Jets for stretches of that game on Saturday. There's definitely a lot to like here with the Ottawa in recent uh, games. Now, can they handle this step up in class? The good news, though, for Ottawa is. Boston's on the back-to-back, -back, which they have not been great on back-to-backs this year. They get Boston at home, and Boston on the road has not been great lately as well. If you look at the Bruins, we know what happened to them on that road trip, four-game road trip the last time they were on the road. They went one and three, and the only victory came in overtime against the St. Louis Blues. So when you look at this matchup here, you know Ottawa really gets an advantageous scheduling situation here in this game against the uh, Boston Bruins. I'm going to take a shot with them tonight, plus 115. I mean, Boston on the road has been sketchy. Uh, it is a back-to-back -back for them, which they haven't been great in this year. And if you actually look head-to-head-wise, Ottawa's beaten Boston twice in a row here in Ottawa, uh, in Canada's capital. 7-5 last October, 3-2 in a shootout last December. Uh, the last two times the Senators have hosted the Bruins, they won uh, both of those games. So, I'm going to take my shot here, and I'm probably going to sprinkle it with this Ottawa team total because if you actually look here, you know, Ottawa did put up seven, I remember, last year uh, in Ottawa against the Bruins, and that was a spot, too, if I am if I can remember. I'm pretty damn sure Boston played the night before, before that game as well, that 7-5 to five win that Ottawa had last year uh, against Boston. So that's what I'm going to do here. I'm going to look at Ottawa. Uh, plus 115, Ottawa team total over. I think this might be a decent first period over and both teams to score first period as well. I think both of those are of interest to me. So lots to like here, Bruins and uh, Senators. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Alex, Boston, Ottawa? Well, as we you know talked about, we'll be on the uh, Patreon-only betcast. So this will definitely be one I'll have the first period overlook uh, on live in-game. I'll grab both teams to score in the first period. And I also like the draw here at plus 360 at FanDuel. I got, this had a, a tighter draw history, deeper draw history going back uh, years prior. But like I said, I could see this one being kind of a, of a close battle. Boston, like I said, that game last night really should have gone to overtime with Boston and, and Carolina. That that pace, that flow, and that seems like that second half kind of classic Boston Bruins hockey. And now, like I said, 
leaving and going on the road second night of back-to-backs, I could definitely see where maybe Ottawa jumps out a little early, but Boston finds a way just like they did last night to kind of uh, come back and steady things. So I like the draw here, and I probably will end up being on Ottawa, but I think I can wait in-game and get a better price. I think we'll see some, like I said, action go both ways, and uh, I'm hoping to maybe get Boston, maybe grab a quick lead, uh, a lead deep later in the game, and Ottawa maybe try try to come back. So this is definitely an in-game play. I want to look at both teams to score in the first period and the draw pregame, and then all the other stuff we'll talk about uh, on the Patreon. Yep, no doubt. And as far as um, player props go for this game, there's a lot that stand out. Coyle, DeBrusque, uh, you know, J- uh, Jimmy mentioned Jakob Lauko. Didn't score last night, but keep an eye on him. He's been uh, noticeable. Like, it was all Marshawn last night, but I think you got more of the depth guys that might be able to chip in tonight. Carolina defended pretty well last night. Let's keep that in mind. Ottawa's defending better, finally. You know, but still, I think there's going to be inroads for Boston to be able to make some more things happen. Ridley Gregg, yes. Ridley Gregg scored the other night. You're getting outstanding prices still with him, even though he's now on the second line with Stutzla and Batherson, but still great value there. I think Pinto's worth a look. He finally got on the board since returning from his suspension uh, against Montreal. He's now got games points in back-to-back games since he's been back. So uh, Pinto, probably uh, worth a look. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Um, there's a couple props there for Ottawa that definitely uh, stand out. And I mentioned Matthew Joseph, and he ended up, I think, getting on the board as well for Ottawa uh, the other day against uh, Montreal. So definitely uh, good to uh, look in those directions as far as props go. All right. Um, look, the Montreal Canadiens have not had a good season. The Islanders an up-and-down season. But you know this is going to be a much-anticipated game simply because it's Patrick Waugh going back to Montreal where – the career, where his playing days there ended with a thud as far as that game where he got lit up by Detroit. We know what it was, 95, Mario Tremblay, the coach of the Canadians, leaves him in net to suffer that night. And then the old stare down uh, as Patrick Waugh was finally taken out and then between Tremblay and Waugh. Uh, and then the next thing you know, Waugh says, I, I want out, I want to trade, and the rest is history. He was out of Montreal, and next thing you know, he's going to Denver and becoming a member of the Colorado Avalanche, and the rest is history. He ends up uh, having a great run there with Colorado. Uh, but the Islanders, minus 145, road favorites, six the total here in this game. I, deep down inside, I, uh, I'm sure time heals all wounds, but at the same point in time, you know, the Islanders, or Patrick Wye, I think still would always be interested in beating this Montreal team when he's got a chance as far as coaching against them. So uh, I think when you look at this game, I certainly do like the Islanders' side here. Uh, and I'm going to lay the buck 45. I'm not screwing around here uh, with the uh, regulation or minus one uh, or anything like that. I'll, I'll pay up to get minus 145 here on the Islanders. I thought the Vegas game, look, they got Vegas pretty angry after the New Jersey loss. Cassidy kind of called them out. And Vegas played a pretty good road game the next night against the Islanders. Uh, so I don't fault them too much for losing that second game with Wah behind the bench. They're 1-1. One one. Don't forget, they beat a very good Dallas team before that in Wah's debut. I don't know. Montreal, I'm just not seeing what, I, what I'm hoping to see. I know Ottawa, I thought bet they were going to be a lot better than that uh, against the uh, Ottawa Senators. Uh, and I think definitely when you look at that game, 4-1, I was not impressed. That's a team that beat you down 6-2. You lost 9-4 to Boston supposed to respond after those two games. And I thought the push from Montreal wasn't as great as I thought. And all of a sudden now goal scoring here, you know, two of the last three games, especially against Ottawa, they could not find the back of the net. So that's definitely a concern for me uh, going into uh, this matchup. Now I will say this Montreal, the last two times they've hosted uh, the New York Islanders, they have won. So I do want to keep that in mind and uh, that there is definitely, we have seen that them play well here, but 
I like the Islanders here off a loss to Vegas here. Patrick Waugh is going to want to go in there and get that get this win. I think the team you know, knows that these games coming up to the All-Star break are important if they want to give themselves a chance here uh, to be uh, a playoff team when it's all said and done. So I'm going to go Islanders, but I'm going to go minus 145, uh, not the regulation, because I actually do think this could be a draw. Uh, even though I like the Islanders to win. Let's be real. They went to overtime against Dallas with Wah, very close to overtime with Vegas the other night. Um, so keep that in mind. And yes, I know it's going to be Semyon Varlamov getting the start tonight for the uh, New York Islanders as opposed to uh, Ilya Sorokin. But I read a quote the other day when they asked uh, Varlamov about Patrick Wah being the coach of the team now. He says, I love it. This is almost like a dream come true for me. Like that's, wow, that's that's something else. So and keep in mind, that's a Russian goalie saying that, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it you, you would not be shocked in the least to hear, you know, a Canadian goalie, especially say, wow, Patrick was coaching here, uh, someone I idolized. That's a Russian goalie saying, wow, this is a legend. This is a guy that was one of the best of all time at his position when he played the game. And now he's coaching my team and coaching me. That's exciting. And watch Patrick Waugh's influence probably get better goaltending now moving forward a little bit from this Islanders team. Who better to learn from than Patrick Waugh as far as goaltending is concerned? So watch Varlamov play a pretty good game tonight. He's loving having Waugh here as his coach. Apparently they've worked you know, already in the first few days on some things as far as Varlamov's uh, goalie techniques and all that. So watch him go out there play pretty solid tonight. Wouldn't shock me. So Islanders and a draw split for me here. Alex, what do you think? Islanders have yeah, well, and I, I I posted a kind of funny uh, thing on Twitter, kind of saying that that you know Varlamov was going to be excited for Wall to be back. Remember, these guys go way back to when Wall was coaching in, in Colorado, and the reason why Semyon Varlamov was still in the league and why he got paid was because uh, Wall trusted in him, and he ended up having a huge year. He had 41 wins in that 2013-2014 uh, season, led the NHL, and that pretty much kind of uh started the trajectory going upward for Semyon Varlamov so he's got Patrick Wilde to think to thank for that uh, in, in a lot of ways so I could see where he would definitely be jazzed up for that yeah I mean 140-145 is usually my cutoff and, and you know this is a spot here where it's worth laying like I said it, you can't trust these teams to win in regulation and, and I'm on the draw because you look at the charts uh Chris Otto have provided us Islanders number one team in draws uh 38 of their games have gone past regulation. Montreal, 34% of their games have gone past regulation, 16 draws. So when you add those two things together and uh, the fact that we're still getting a price of price above 300, uh, definitely have to roll with the draw here. But if I had to pick a side, it would be leaning heavily toward the Islanders here in this spot. He said Wad coming back to Montreal, which keep in mind, when he was with uh, Colorado, he went just three and three uh, against Montreal, coaching them, and one and two uh, in the Bell Center. So there's no real strong trend one way or the other as far as while returning back home to, to the, uh, face the Habs. But I think the Owls will be in a good spot here. So uh, give me the draw, and maybe if we see something in-game tonight during the uh, BetCast, I might try and grab some Islanders. There we go. All right. And that, man, with, again, we've got our Patreon-exclusive uh, live BetCast tonight. So uh, if there's any uncertainty from either of us pre-game, you know, about what to do with any of these games, that's what the BetCast is for. The BetCast always opens the door to greater opportunity uh, with many of these games, and I'm sure it will be that way once again uh, tonight. As far as the props for this game, uh, you look at, uh, you know, Bo Horvat's, uh, I think, a game-time decision, but I think he's going to end up playing. 
Uh, Pierre Engvall is back, and he's on the second line with Nelson and Palmieri. I don't mind looking in that direction with Engvall, potentially. There's some value there uh, with him. You know, Montreal ain't scoring right now. Uh, they've shaken up the line. Slavkovsky's back down to the second line with Monaghan and Armia. Anderson up to the top line now with Suzuki and Caulfield. And, uh, you know, Anderson in the past has been able to score playing up on that top line with Suzuki and Caulfield. So I think this might be a Josh Anderson kind of night if you're going to look at someone for Montreal in the goal score prop category. All right, Arizona, Tampa Bay. We've got the uh, Lightning minus 220 home favorites, six and a half being the uh, total in this game. Uh, obviously, that was a very tough spot last night for the uh, Coyotes with uh, Vimalka in net. He struggled uh, in that six to two loss uh, against the Florida Panthers last night. Uh, Florida was also chomping at the bit to play a better home game after a rough homestand last time. So it was not a great night for Bimelka. He stayed in for the whole game, knowing it was a back-to-back, knowing they, uh, that Andre Tourney was going to go with uh, Connor Ingram tonight on the back-to-back. So uh, Ingram is in net for uh, Arizona tonight. Vasilevsky uh, for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, you've got some injuries really on both sides, but um, more so on Tampa. You know, they've been without, obviously, Stetcher and uh, Barrett Hayton, Travis Boyd, Matt Dumba's out uh, on the blue line. But Eric Chernak is out for Tampa. And, you know, I know Sergachev and Hedman get all the talk and uh, about, you know, how important they are uh, to this to this team. But uh, don't forget about Chernak and his defensive ability, the physicality that he brings uh, on that blue line. So when he's out of the lineup, he's also missed you know, for this uh, Tampa team that let's be real. They don't have quite the same depth that we've seen uh, in years past on the uh, blue line. And look at tonight because of Chernak out, Sergachev still on IR. You got Hedman Radish, Dahan Perbix, and you're down to Max Crozier and Emil Martinson Lilleberg uh, on that blue line tonight for the uh, Tampa Bay uh, Lightning. So, you know, that's a little, that's a little thin back there. If you ask me uh, going into this matchup here against the uh, Coyotes, Ingram in that, we'll see how he fares. Like I said, with Ingram lately, uh, Ingram's whole season has been very good. But you look at the last uh, few starts he's had, he's on a four-start win streak coming into tonight. Now, three of those were at home, but he did go to Vegas November the 25th, Connor Ingram, and he shut out the um, Vegas Golden Knights uh, back in that game. Uh, He's been very solid lately. You look at these January starts, uh, pretty solid overall, giving his team a chance to win every night, back-to-back wins. Uh, Connor Ingram, I'm looking at the numbers. Last five starts, he's given up three or less in all five of those starts and a grand total of just nine goals in those five starts. So he's playing very well here for uh, the uh, Arizona Coyotes. I'm tempted to sprinkle a little bit on Arizona tonight. I am, even though it's a back-to-back for them. I don't love that it's back-to-back for them and Tampa's rested, but Tampa's also coming off the road. Uh, A three-game road trip that they had through Buffalo, Detroit, and Philadelphia. Uh, they ended up going a uh, two and one uh, on that road trip. Uh, we'll see how they fare here tonight back home off that mini road trip. Like I said, it is back to back for the uh, Coyotes, but you know, with Ingram and Nett, who's given them a chance to win, it seems like every single night, I wouldn't totally rule them out of having a chance here tonight, even on this back to back. I'm looking at their back to back numbers this year, and it looks like I've got uh, Arizona at, uh, let me just see here. They've only played three back to backs all year, one and two. So a very small sample size as far as that's concerned. I think what I'm going to do here is I'm going to maybe sprinkle a bit on Arizona money line, but I'm going to focus more on that Arizona team total tonight because you look at the fact that that blue line of the lightning is a little banged up tonight uh, in this game against the uh, uh, Coyotes. 
uh, including, of course, Chernak, who's one of their more shut-down stay-at-home defensemen, missing in action for them tonight. And again, with this uh, being obviously Tampa a pretty big favorite here, you're able to get Arizona's team total t- over 2.5 minus 112. You know, a very good price. So I think I'm going to go in on that a little bit. Arizona team total here over 2.5 minus 112. Maybe a smaller position on the money line here with the uh, Coyotes. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Alex? Arizona, Tampa Bay. Yeah, this is a game where I'm I'm kind of leaning toward uh, looking at this draw here. It's a big enough price, seeing as high as plus 375 at Caesars, plus 370 at FanDuel, where I think Arizona, because of the way that they got kind of crushed in their last game, they could kind of slow things down a little bit. Like I said, Ingram, we know he's a much better goaltender, and he's been you know in good form, and Vasilevsky from going for Tampa Bay. I could see this maybe kind of being a bit of a goalie duel, so – I'm leaning toward the under as well. I don't know if I'm going to fire away on that necessarily, but I like the draw more. I think we could see it under kind of a pace for the majority of this contest. I said both teams that need points, both teams kind of looking toward the break and it's a Tampa Bay coming off of the road, being back home, having that spot leading into the break. I think we could see more fatigue from the home teams in those circumstances. But the majority of the time, especially we saw last night, we saw road teams get demolished, like Arizona. We saw Chicago get demolished. I think those road teams that could kind of struggle in certain spots in these last couple of days where maybe some home teams that are coming off of the road and looking and saying, hey, we you know, got a few days before the break, kind of, you know, maybe a deeper exhale, and then you, they get caught up uh, by some teams that they should be beating. So give me the draw here, plus 370. All right, draw here for uh, Alex with uh, Arizona and uh, Tampa Bay. All right, Philadelphia, Detroit. We've got the, uh, this is a good one. They're two teams that are right in the hunt for playoff positioning. It's a very important game here, especially for the Flyers, who have now you know lost a few in a row trying to get back on track. Uh, even money here, minus 110 both sides, six and a half the total. Where do we think the Philadelphia Flyers are at mentally right now? They know the Carter Hart's obviously been granted this leave of absence, which we think is connected to the, unfortunate uh, incident that took place five six years ago with the world junior team it looks like it's got to do with that um they didn't look right the other night against tampa they really didn't look right as far as defensive posture they, they took too many penalties and tortorella said that after the game that you know we took way too many penalties you cannot give tampa bay regardless of where you play them that many power play opportunities because tampa bay has lived off the power play this year Philadelphia found that out the hard way uh, the other night in that loss to the Lightning. They'll be looking to bounce back, but like I said, they've now lost a few in a row after that great run that they put together to put them in playoff positioning in the Eastern Conference. They've now lost uh, three in a row to Ottawa, Colorado, and uh, Tampa Bay uh, all at home. But now they go back on the road, and look, this Flyers team on the road has been very good this year, 14-6-4 for them on the road this year only six Alex regulation losses on the road this season for the Philadelphia Flyers 14 six and four so they played 24 road games they've only lost in regulation six out of those 24 games why do I mention that specifically because I like the draw here tonight with the Flyers and the Red Wings you look at the two meetings earlier this year between the Flyers and Red Wings, 7-6 to six Detroit in a shootout, uh, de- December 22nd. It was a shootout literally and figuratively uh, in that game. It was a shootout because the game ended 7-6, but it also went to a shootout, and the Detroit Red Wings won here at Little Caesars Arena, 7-6, to six, December 22nd. And then they played just a week before that in Philly, one nothing Flyers, this close to going to overtime. So 
two very close competitive games between these two teams. I think from a side perspective, I don't want to take go against Detroit here off a tough loss to Dallas where they didn't love their second period at all. They got totally dominated by the Stars. I think they want to bounce back. I know Philly wants to bounce back, and they've been better on the road than they've been at home, so I'm not rushing to fade the Flyers in this spot either. So the draw to me is the choice, uh, especially with how close. One-goal games each of the two previous meetings this season between the Flyers and the Red Wings. Alex, what do you think here? Philly, Detroit. Yeah, this is definitely a great draw spot, especially this is classic draw season material with these Versus two teams. West. Yeah. No, no, it's two East teams. No, no, no right. <laughs> Old school, I know. But but two teams in the East, two yeah, same conference, different divisions, both yeah. needing points, so not completely in each other's way yet, but could, you know, like I said, come to fruition if, if they uh, happen to kind of fall in that wild card kind of pack, and that's the big thing with Philly. You want to try and stay in that top three quadrant as much as you can. Uh, and, and that's going to be tough to do if they're riding Samuel Harrison for the foreseeable future. Another team that definitely will need to make some kind of goaltending move uh, down the road. But I do think he's been playing well as of right now. And I just definitely think we, we're going to see some some good pace here. And I don't think this game is going to get out of hand nearly like we saw in the last meeting, seven to six. That's another reason why I like to draw. I think we see things a little bit more low and slow in the first 20 minutes here. So uh, not looking at both teams to score, not looking at first period overs, even though I know it's been a good trend with Detroit of late, getting some of those uh, early goals. But I think we can see a slower pace here because of the last meeting head-to-head, and then things can open up a bit more. But that's not to say that it's going to explode in the last 30, 40 minutes of play, and that should be enough to get us to draw here. All right. Uh, Both of us liking the draw here with the uh, Flyers and the Red Wings. You're right. I'm kind of – torn on the total here i think it could go either way uh philly's gonna look to tighten it up on the road i mean philly uh, on that homestand i mean they were playing overs uh four overs on that homestand for the philadelphia flyers against dallas colorado ottawa tampa and i cashed in a couple of them but on the road they've definitely kind of looked to play a little more defensive minded uh and you know i know we saw seven six uh in the previous meeting but if i'm not mistaken uh, the two goalies that were in net for their teams that night, they're not going to be in net tonight. It was Hart for Philly, and it was James Reimer for Detroit uh, that night. So it looks like it's going to be um, – it is going to be Alex Lyon for Detroit. He's confirmed. And don't hold it against Lyon, the, the performance against Dallas. If you watch that second period, they were running around their own zone like chickens with their heads cut off Detroit. Like Dallas was just swarming them, and they kind of hung Lyon out to dry. Uh, in that game uh, against the uh, Dallas Stars. And it was really the first bad game he's had, but it was more so a bad game from the, the guy, the, from the players in front of them, uh, in front of them that night, because Dallas in that second period, I mean, it was a thing to behold just how much they were completely dominating the Detroit Red Wings in the second period of that game. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, yeah, Lyon, that's true, Matt. Uh, Lyon, in terms of there's a couple but goals that, you know, maybe one that went under his arm. You're right. That should have had that one. But still, they were running around. They made life very difficult on him. So we'll see if he bounces back. As for the most part, he's played pretty solid here for the Red Wings. We expect Sam Harrison uh, in net for Philadelphia here uh, in this one. But I think when you look at this matchup here, uh, it should be two teams that want it. I think you're going to get a competitive uh, matchup and a good chance to see this game go beyond uh, regulation. Yeah, Joel Farabee for sure. Cam, Anyone on that second line, Farabee, Frost, and Atkinson, I think they're very good looks. Uh, Noah Cates is on the top line right now for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers as well. So, you know, it does show that maybe there's a little value for him. Now, I know his offensive game has been a little bit quiet lately, 
for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. No goals and one point in the five games since he's been back with the team. But he's going to be elevated here to the top line tonight with uh, Couturier and uh, Konechny. So definitely a bump in the lineup here for uh, him tonight and for uh, Noah Cates. And then for Detroit, if you're going to look at props in their direction, I would say Fabry. Perron scored the other night. By the way, JT Comfort uh, is a game-time decision tonight for Detroit. But I would mostly look at Perron, uh, Fabry. And don't sleep on, even though he's on the fourth line, he does get power play time too. Daniel Sprong. Every game I'm seeing that guy get chances. Uh, and that's someone to keep an eye on as well right now uh, for the uh, Red Wings as far as props are concerned. All right, New Jersey and Carolina. We've got the Hurricanes minus 160 home favorites, six and a half being the uh, total in this game. Back to back for the uh, Hurricanes after a 3 2 win on the uh, Moms trip last night in Boston. So now they return home for a back to back here as they uh, take on the uh, New Jersey Devils. Uh, New Jersey has definitely had their tough times. We've talked about how they've kind of struggled without Jack Hughes, but give them credit. A uh, six to five win against uh, Vegas in overtime earlier this week without Jack Hughes. So that's good, positive momentum for them and a sign that, you know, life can go on and New Jersey can win hockey games when Jack Hughes isn't in the lineup. And of course he remains out of the lineup. Now, the interesting thing here is not only is Hughes still out, of course, Siegenthaler and Brendan Smith on the blue line, Dougie Hamilton on the blue line, but now you've got the two cases of uh, Michael McLeod and um, Cal Foote who looked like they might be tied with the sexual assault case and incident from six years ago with that Canadian World Junior team. And Cal Foote, you know, has been in and out of the lineup. But losing Mikey McLeod, how many times have we just sung uh, praises for Mikey McLeod this year uh, on this show and the way he's played and how he stepped up for the Devils, especially without Jack Hughes in the lineup. So that is what's even more unfortunate. I mean, we're not here to talk anymore about for the, at least for the time being about what they did off the ice if they were involved we're talking from a hockey perspective Mikey McLeod missing him is significant yeah. for the New Jersey Devils with the way he was playing uh, uh, going into uh, his uh, removal here from the team and this leave of absence that he's now going through uh, Carolina's won four of the last five meetings uh, these teams have actually not played uh, yet uh, this uh, season and of course these two teams haven't played since their playoff series uh, last year where Carolina knocked out the New Jersey Devils uh, in the second round. I'm taking New Jersey here uh, with everything I just said about the Devils and, you know, Jack Hughes being out and now Mikey McLeod being out New Jersey. I don't want to back at home at home. They're just, I don't, I don't think they're very reliable on the road. This is a 14 and eight hockey team this year, 14 and eight on the road for the New Jersey Devils, six games above 500. They played well on the road. They get Nashville coming off the euphoria of beating Boston with the moms, and it was a wonderful game and great ambiance. The moms were in the dressing room before the game doing the player starting lineups, announcing it for the for the team. Now you play the very next night. I worry about this spot here for Carolina. That's number one. Number two, I worry about laying a fucking minus 160 price with Auntie Ranta. I worry about that too, big time. Uh, and uh, anti Ranta is not a let's lay minus 160 with goaltender for me right now. Uh, and look, Spencer Martin played well. Spencer Martin played solid. In fact, after what I saw from Spencer Martin last night, you know what I would do if I'm Rod Brindamore? If Ranta does, struggles again tonight and shits the bed, I'm going to start giving Spencer Martin more net. That, that simple. Uh, because I think he played solid last night for Carolina. 
I don't trust what I've seen out of Ronta. Ronta in these games, even the Detroit game, they won that game. He gave up two goals on 12 shots. 12 shots, and he still gave up two goals. And one of them was hideous. One of them was off his glove and rolled into the net. So there's definitely still concerns about his level of play. 3.2 goals against average, 866 uh, save percentage uh, for Ronta coming into this game. We don't have a goalie confirmed yet for New Jersey. Uh, Nico Dawes is projected. It has not been confirmed as of yet. Uh, but I'm going to take a shot here. New Jersey money line, probably a New Jersey team total. I think it's not a bad first period over. Both teams to score first period as well in this game. Um, and even that full game over six and a half. I'm telling you, I'm committed to Carolina overs with Ronta in net, and I'm going to stick to it uh, here uh, tonight against the New Jersey Devils. Keep in mind, the last two Ronta start, the last three Ronta starts since Kochetkov went down, Alex. Do you know what the final scores were? 5 2. Uh, yeah, 5 2 it was. Uh, 4 2 with Detroit. That one barely stayed under, but uh, the other one was 5 2 Minnesota. So two overs, one under in this uh, three-game stretch with Ronta in net since Kochetkov went down. Um, so it's a sprinkle across a multitude, a plethora of bets for me here. New Jersey money line, New Jersey team total over, first period over, first period both teams to score, full game over, six and a half here. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Devils, Hurricanes. I'm staying off of a side here. I like totals, and, and this is a, a great bet cast game because I'll be on the first period over and full game over. I'm looking for those looks in game. The only thing I'll be betting pregame will be both teams to score in the first period. Uh, and like you mentioned, there's a lot of guys missing for New Jersey, but they have to have this next man up mentality, and you have to do it against a division opponent like Carolina. So I think we see some uh, good back for pace. Dawes is uh, confirmed, uh, just seeing likely nothing can fully confirmed yet for Ronta. But uh, with those two goalies, I expect goals here. You could probably grab a six and a five at even, uh, six and a half at even money right now. Maybe play it a little bit small in pocket uh, in case we get goals very early and we have no chance of grabbing a five and a half. But uh, as far as the first period over goes, you know, I'd, I'd say dollar thirty-five. You could probably try and wait a little bit. Try and even even get down to a dollar ten. That's fine. So we're talking about one to two minutes into the contest. No doubt, uh, Eric Halla against his old team for prop. I'm interested. Uh, Curtis Lazar is playing pretty solid lately. I'm interested. Dawson Mercer is now that second-line center spot with Palat and Toffoli, and Toffoli had the hat-trick the other night against Vegas. Um, look, if Mercer steps up, which I know he's capable of, Palat is back, which really helps, especially now that McLeod is out in addition to Hughes. So, And again, you've got an unstable goalie in the other net right now with Antiranta. So I think there are, believe it or not, some opportunities here for uh, New Jersey to be able to score some goals tonight with a Carolina team playing on a back-to-back -back here going into this game. Uh, all right, Nashville, Minnesota. We've got the uh, Wild minus 120 uh, home favorites uh, in this game uh, and the uh, total right now. Uh, and by the way, the draw, I think, it might be worth a look, too, in that Devils-Hurricanes game. I don't like it as much as some other games. Yeah, say it, it didn't make my list. Even though it's a, a, a battle of division opponents, I think we're going to see a lot of high scoring. This could be one of those where a team kind of pulls away late. So I'm, yeah. this is one that didn't make my card for, for the draw. Yeah, I'm with you in that there's other there's better draws than that one. It's one I might sprinkle on, but there are other draws I like more than that. Nashville, Minnesota, Minnesota minus 120 home favorite, six the total in this game. You know, we talked about this now for a few games with the Minnesota Wild, where, you know, their, their forward group is about as healthy as it's been in a very long time, uh, no question. Uh, and uh, look, when you look at what they are uh, doing as far as offense is concerned right now, uh, four and one in their last five games, and they've scored at least three goals in each game. 
and they've scored a grand total of 24 goals, Minnesota, in the last five games combined. So this has been quite the offensive renaissance for them. Four straight Minnesota games have gone over the total as well. And again, they've got everyone healthy. And right now, you know, Kaprizov is back and he's producing. Rossi, Zuccarello, Felino's chipping in. Erickson X's been good. Boldy's cooled off a little bit, but they got Ryan Hartman stepping up for Minnesota as well. Jo- Johansson. So they're healthy up front and they've got multiple, the majority of their top six, top nine forwards producing right now. And that's why you've seen the uh, uptick in offense lately uh, for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, they are still, of course, without Spurgeon. They're still without Marc-Andre Fleury uh, as far as a goaltending is concerned going into this game. Philip Gustafson, of course, pressed into duty uh, with Fleury still out. UC Soros will get the start in net for the uh, Nashville Predators. We've talked about how his play uh, the last uh, few games hasn't been nearly as good, although he was pretty good against Florida. They lost 4-1, but two of those goals were empty net goals. He only gave up two in that game. He was a little bit better. The fact remains he's still on a bit of a slide, 1-3 and three in his last four starts uh, for the uh, Nashville Predators. Uh, Nashville comes into this game off back-to-back losses against Arizona and Florida. I don't know. Something's got to give here. Five straight Nashville games have gone under, and then four straight Minnesota games have gone over. Okay, so what's going to give here with the uh, Predators and the uh, Wild tonight? You look at series history, it's actually been an over series history here. Three straight meetings have gone over, and you go back to the last eight meetings, and we're looking at seven and one to the over uh, in the last eight meetings between the Preds and the Wild. So I'm going to defer, like you could say Nashville's going under lately, Minnesota's going over lately, but that series history kind of tilts me in the scales of over uh, in this game with Nashville and Minnesota. Uh, this is one where I might sprinkle a little bit on a both teams to score in the first period. I'm certainly be interested in that. And maybe look at the over six as well with the uh, Predators and the Wild. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Alex? Nashville, Minnesota. We always say styles make fights, right? And in the Central Division, that couldn't be truer. You talk about Nashville and Dallas, it's usually a low and slow start, and then the game kind of opens up. With Nashville and Minnesota, when these two teams play, and I watch these two teams play a lot, being right here in St. Paul, it's always fireworks right out of the gate. And that's proven, like you said, you know, looking at these these overs that have cash left and right, and we're seeing a trend of seven and one to the first period over in the last uh, eight meetings, and a, lot, a couple of games have gone to overtime. It's not one of my favorite draw plays because the Wild is just kind of still bumbling around a little bit. Naturally, said playing under, I would be more, uh, you know, leaning toward them going into the draw. Here, I think we see goals, and so I'm on the over six as well as first period over one and a half minus a dollar twenty. We're getting that cheaper price because of Nashville's run uh, and also liking both teams to score in the first period. So I might play these a little bit smaller pregame and then try to jump on and grab some more in-game because we're looking at the range where we can get some bigger plus prices. So with that $1.20 first period over, we might play that for only a half unit now and then grab another half unit when we're on the air and hopefully maybe a plus 130, plus 135 and uh, try to just add a little extra value to it. Yeah, Erickson Eck, Hartman. Um, no doubt, uh, Rossi, uh, Kaprizov, obviously, and Brock Faber. Absolutely. I think that's the best prop is right now. Brock Faber, Brock Faber is tapping into his offensive upside and capabilities right now. Uh, he's jumping into the play, shooting the puck. He has two goals, six assists, eight points in the last five games for the great young defenseman for the Minnesota wild Brock Faber. So, uh, he, his props are absolutely worth a look and look, Uh, Not only the assists, but he scored in two of the last three games uh, as well for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, So Brock Faber to get a goal tonight, plus 700 uh, at FanDuel. 
uh, plus 150 to get an assist. I think both of those are excellent looks because he has definitely been uh, piling up the points for uh, Minnesota. For Nashville, you know, you look at their uh, lineup tonight. Uh, it's still that great top line. O'Reilly, Forsberg, Nyquist really carrying the load lately for them offensively. And Nyquist in particular has been uh, showing some value. No question about that. Uh, you know, Colton Sissons has assists in three straight games. Uh, Roman Yossi has been piling up the points, most of them assists, but nine points in the last seven games. Uh, here for uh, Roman Yossi. So uh, keep an eye on what he's been able to do, obviously, from the uh, blue line for uh, Nashville. All right, next up, we've got Anaheim and Dallas. Uh, it is the uh, Dallas Stars minus uh, 3.30, it looks like here, uh, as uh, home favorites in this game, and the total uh, sitting at 6.5, shaded to the over uh, in this game. Obviously, with uh, Dallas, um, they get Miro Haskinen back. That's the first thing we've got to say. A huge, huge deal for uh, Dallas getting Miro Haskinen back uh, in the lineup for this game tonight uh, against the uh, Dallas Stars. He's missed the last, I believe, 10 games. So to get him back is uh, significant, uh, obviously, uh, just means everything uh, to this uh, Dallas blue line. Uh, Dallas, where they, like I said, against Detroit, it was a weird game where, you know, they were down two to one after the first. They had their, maybe one of their best periods of the season in the second and then they kind of let Detroit back into the game, and uh, but they did hang on to win 5-4 uh, in Detroit, finish that four-game road trip at 2-2, two and two, uh, losing to the Flyers and the Islanders, beating the Devils and the Red Wings. They now return home here to Dallas where, you know, it's been a mixed bag for the Stars, you know, on home ice, uh, especially of late. They still have a 14-10 home record, but a little more up and down lately. Anaheim has been better on the road, but that's not saying much. You know, they're seven and eighteen at home. They're nine and thirteen on the road, so they have been better on the road. But like I said, that's not saying much. How much do you make of them beating Buffalo four uh, two? It was it's been a rough stretch for them. Uh, they had only gone a two and a seven uh, in nine games before that victory uh, against Buffalo. We'll see how they fare here in Dallas. I will say this though uh, about the uh, Dallas and Anaheim recent series. If you look at last year. Uh, the two meetings. We saw Anaheim win 2-0 at home. We saw Dallas win in a shootout here at home against Anaheim 3-2 last year. And then earlier this season in Anaheim, uh, Anaheim made Dallas work for it. Dallas won 3-2. That was a dead-even hockey game. I remember it. Uh, and it was a tough one for the Dallas Stars to win there. So we'll see how this one plays out. It looks like for goaltending tonight, Jake Ottinger confirmed for Dallas. John Gibson projected in net for Anaheim, although that has not been uh, confirmed as of yet. Um, you know, you start to look at this Dallas team and um, the uh, last um, game against Detroit, a lot of goals in it. I'm torn with what to do here. Like, by default, my first thought was first period over, full game over with Anaheim-Dallas. My first thought was that. Um, I don't know. There's something about this game that's a little leery to me, but I could see actually Anaheim getting on the board in the first period. Momentum from the Dallas game, okay, or momentum from the Buffalo game, I should say, when they won four to two. The one thing about Dallas this year at home, especially against inferior competition, is this bad, bad habit of theirs to give up a goal in the opening period. You know, it has been a bad, bad trade of theirs. So I'm going to take Anaheim over, well, basically Anaheim to score a goal in the first period at minus 130. And I'm also going to take both teams to score in the first period with Anaheim and Dallas. This has been a bad run, uh, trait lately for Dallas where they've given up a goal to an inferior team at home early in the hockey game. And Ottinger's just been as much of a fault, you know, for this as anybody 
because he's been in a, in the net for a lot of these starts. The Ottawa game, the Montreal game. You know, I remember some of those home games they played earlier in the season where they're down one nothing, like in the first five minutes. So I worry about that here for Dallas coming off a win to wrap up that roadie coming back home, and Anaheim with a little bit of a pep in their step after a, a win to finally snap their skid against Buffalo. Maybe Anaheim can strike early in this game. So, like I said, first period over. Uh, both teams to score first period. Maybe an Anaheim to score in the first period. I'm interested in all those. I lean first period over, but this is one of those because we have the bet cast tonight. Wait for a five and a half. Maybe we'll get a better number during the bet cast. The Patreon exclusive bet cast tonight. Alex, what do you think here? Anaheim, Dallas. I I got a weird feeling about this game. And I think maybe the reason you kind of have a weird feeling about this game too is because this game feels like it's going to be an under. And, and based on serious history, where we've seen seven last eight meetings go under, uh, Jake Ottinger with tremendous numbers against Anaheim, 6-0, and the 1.64 goals against the yeah, 946 really and a shutout. Yeah. Uh, and Dallas really needing two points at home, like you said, having been playing the best at American Airlines Center. This game feels under to me, but it feels like we could get a lot of bargain and value betting this game live. I think we could probably get these numbers cratering we maybe look for, uh, you know, I wouldn't I would play first period under necessarily because I think we could we do see some goals, like I said, if especially Anaheim getting on the board early. That could wake up Dallas. So that's the thing that's, that does scare me about looking at any, any first period totals or anything. Both teams, both teams to score makes a lot of sense if you feel Anaheim scores, which you do. I don't know if, if we're going to get that. So I'm waiting to see what happens in the first period. But if we get a scoreless first period like we do, then we can hammer – Dallas team total in game, both teams to score second period, full game over. Then that's when we can start really opening up and get get, get, get creative. And we've seen this with some bet cast sometimes where we like uh, a spot over early or pregame and we had those bets, but then they didn't cash, but we saw those open opportunities as that number continued to climb down. And then we end up making all that money back and then some. Uh, during the night so that's the way I'm kind of leaning with this game and it just has that weird feel especially Dallas at home is a big favorite Anaheim has played them fairly close in, in the last couple of meetings granted this is not nearly as good of an Anaheim team that we saw in early October and November of course this game feels kind of weird so I'm going to wait and bet it live no doubt uh, that's maybe the best bet in this game Terry it's not anything I said a moment ago with the first period Anaheim to score uh, both teams to score in the first it's Wyatt Johnston it's anything Wyatt Johnston. His uh, his move, the move by Peter DeBoer to put him on the top line with uh, Robertson and Hints has been spectacular. It's worked out amazingly. That that trio has incredible chemistry, and they are the line that was the catalyst for that game against Detroit the other night. They caused fits for the Red Wings, and that guy's ability to hound the puck, Wyatt Johnston. We know he's a great offensive player. But his ability away from the puck to retrieve pucks, to create takeaways, I mean, it's been really, really impressive to see. And he's fit perfectly with Robertson and Hints. And this is no slight on Pavelski, who is on that top line. But, you know, they kind of want to preserve his minutes a little bit, you know, maybe move him down to the third line, keep him fresher for the playoffs. And he, he played well with them, too. But I find Wyatt Johnston's been an even greater fit chemistry-wise with uh, Jason Robertson and Rope Hints from what I've seen. and. Wyatt Johnston's been great. So anything you can get for his props, goal prop, assist prop, uh, absolutely it's worth a look. Uh, he has been uh, excellent on that top line. He's plus. Uh, he's down to plus 220 now to score a goal. So you're not getting the great prices, but plus 165 to get an assist is a great price. 
you know, and because he's got that ability to set up Robertson and Hintz, uh, you know, on this top line for sure uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars. Marchment scored the last game too with uh, Duchesne and Sagan. So you can always look in that direction. Haskinen being back, certainly huge for the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, for Anaheim, Adam Henrique has been noticeable lately on the uh, top line, contributing. McTavish as well, uh, even though he's playing now on the third line. So uh, there's a couple of props on the Anaheim side maybe to take a look at here in this game as well. All right, next up, we've got Columbus and Calgary. Uh, it is the uh, Calgary Flames minus 190 home favorites, six and a half being the uh, total here in this game. Uh, the Calgary Flames, uh, that was a excruciating and painful loss for them at home against St. Louis, the third straight loss for them uh, on this homestand. Uh, Toronto, Edmonton, uh, obviously two pretty good teams there, but losing to St. Louis, they're 4-3 and having a lead like they did, uh, a very disheartening loss uh, for the Calgary Flames in that game. We'll see how they fare here now against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, who since the start of last year have been a thorn in Calgary's side. You know, Columbus beat them at home last year, 3-1. to one. Calgary beat them at home last year, but it was a 4-3 overtime win. Columbus gave them fits. And then, of course, Columbus won 3-1 to one back in October, uh, earlier this season at home against Calgary. Columbus is a weird deal right now. Columbus has lost five of their last six, one and five. It's going to make you look like, make you think, wow, I can't back this Columbus team. They're just not playing well right now. They're playing better than the results would indicate. I've watched this team. I saw the Edmonton game. They had a million great chances. Uh, defensively, Edmonton was good, and Skinner was outstanding in net for the Oilers in that game. Columbus played Edmonton very well, I thought, the other night, in spite of that 4-1 loss. The New Jersey game, they lost 4-1. That game was closer than the score would indicate. They beat Vancouver 4-3 in a shootout. The Seattle loss was a pretty even game, and they didn't get the goaltending, which is, look, that's what happens. They're not a great defensive team uh, most nights, and the goaltending's erratic. Tarasov is in net tonight for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. What will we get from him? Uh, they are going back Calgary to Jacob Markstrom, who was in net, by the way, uh, for that uh, St. Louis game where they had that awful third period uh, and losing 4-3. Uh, Tarasov has sat the last three games as Merzlikens got those starts. Unfortunately, he's allowed 11 goals in his last two games and a 4.08 goals against 875 save percentage is not exactly something that makes you all that optimistic or, co or confident right now in backing Columbus, but man, I'm tempted. I really am tempted to take plus one. So Calgary minus 190 right now, the definition of an erratic team, the Calgary Flames minus 190, and a Columbus team that's been a thorn in their backside since the beginning of last year. I think I have to sprinkle just a tad on Columbus. It terrifies me that Tarasov's in net for uh, the Jackets, but the Columbus and draw split is kind of what I was thinking here. Uh, in this game. Remember, it went to overtime in Calgary last year between the Blue Jackets and the Flames, so I'm interested in that. To me, this is overs as well. First period over. Both teams to score first period. I could see the full game going over, but I might only bet small on that. Wait for a better number during the Patreon exclusive live betcast tonight. And then props. I mean, where do you start with the props? I mean, Sharon Govich, Coleman uh, continue to be on fire for the Flames. Matt Coronado is, I think, due to score one at some point on the second line for them as well. Stillinger, I like for Columbus. He's been good since uh, Pascal Vincent put him up on the uh, top line for the uh, Jackets. Uh, Shinikov as well. And I'm not usually big on Johnny Gaudreau props because he's not had that good season at all for Columbus. We know that. But if there's ever a night he's going to want to uh, 
show up and have a big night. I mean, seven goals for this guy in uh, 46 games is mind-boggling, and only 29 points in 46 games too. But if there's ever a night to invest in Johnny fucking Gaudreau props, it's tonight against his old team, and they'll be booing his ass, I'm sure, uh, Start from the start of the game uh, in Calgary at the Saddle Dome tonight. So that's what I'm banking on, that it gets the best out of Johnny Gaudreau. But that's not a guarantee with the season he's had. Uh, for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Blue Jackets Flames? Yeah, it's another good uh, game I'm glad we'll have for the backcast tonight. And, and like I said, I like overs, I like goals here. Calgary loses this game. I mean, we pretty much have to call them done, right? Like, I, they still will be, you know, well done alive as far as points and standings. But I'm saying just from a mental point, of, you can't lose at home to the fucking Columbus Blue Jackets if you're trying to be a playoff team. I'm sorry, Calgary, you can't. You have to step up and bring a big effort tonight. And we can't – I don't trust them to do it. I simply do not trust this team. Uh, and, and this is a, a reasonable price, right? We're not talking about 350 400 We're talking about 190 But I don't trust Calgary to just step up and, and blow the doors off Columbus like they're supposed to in this spot. So I would sprinkle a little bit on draw. This isn't even a, a favorite draw look of mine, uh, but this is what I'll be waiting. I'll be grabbing a little bit of, of over six and a half and first period over one and a half minus 140. Now try to get some better prices and put a little bit more on it uh, in game. But that's, that's the only thing I'm looking at here, but it's like I said, Calgary should win this thing. Six, two, seven, two. They could end, easily lose this thing four three in the shootout. Yep. So uh, staying away from a side for now. They got to prove it to us tonight. We'll see it uh, live. But uh, this might be a fun game as we talk about props. Might be one of those ones we can kind of grab a few people from each side and maybe put a little parlay together. So I know we tend to do that sometimes on some of the uh, live backcasts. Maybe that's something we do later on tonight. No doubt. And like I say, we think there's going to be a chance for some goals here tonight. At, at, now, the games in Columbus, I believe, stayed under. Uh, last year and this year uh, in this uh, series history with the Jackets and the Flames. But the game in Calgary did go over last year. It was 4-3 uh, in favor of uh, Calgary. That one did go over the two. And the games in Calgary have gone over the last couple, uh, 6-2 a few, couple years ago, and that was 4-3 last year uh, between these two teams. So like, And Tarasov, certainly. I mean, that four goals against is not what you want to see. And like I, like I say, I think the Jackets, the Jackets could add way more than one goal against Edmonton. They had chances galore, and it was just Skinner was tr- tremendous, and Edmonton got a lot of puck luck too. Like Columbus was this close to having like three or four goals uh, in that game, but Edmonton's just in one of these runs right now where they just can't give up goals. I mean, it's just impenetrable right now, which is a great segue into the final game of this Thursday card: Chicago Blackhawks, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, we've got Edmonton. Anyone want to lay minus six fifty? With the Edmonton Oilers tonight, it's got to be up there as one of the biggest favorites we have seen this season uh, in the NHL. Oilers minus 650 and the total six and a half here uh, in this matchup with the Blackhawks and the Oilers. Uh, The Blackhawks are in a dreadful, dreadful scheduling spot here off the Seattle game last night uh, where they end up getting beaten uh, six to two. And now they got to go to Edmonton here for back to back. Uh, tonight against the Edmonton Oilers, who are rested, who are looking to make it 15 in a row uh, against the Blackhawks, an Edmonton team that's won six or five straight head-to-head against Chicago. Now, Chicago gave Edmonton everything they could handle earlier this month in the Windy City. It was 2-1 to one Edmonton, and that game was uh, very, very tight, and Chicago played a heck of a game. They dug in defensively, which is the, way, the only way they can compete right now is trying to dig in defensively. 
uh, and win games that way. But no, it's tough sledding for the Blackhawks. We, we're not even going to mention it. We've mentioned it every day. You guys know by now who's out for Chicago. Bedard and a bunch of others uh, as well. And the others are important too to why this offense is struggling. It looks like tonight on this uh, back-to-back, obviously uh, last night in the uh, loss against Seattle, uh, we saw uh, Soderblom in net, and that's a big reason why uh, Alex really liked Seattle in a variety of ways uh, in that game. Uh, Peter Morozik expected to start. Hasn't been confirmed, but I'm pretty sure we'll see him. Calvin Pickard, how about that, getting the start for the uh, Edmonton Oilers tonight uh, in this game. Uh, we'll see how he fares. You know, his numbers are solid here for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, 2.69 goals against, 9.02 save percentage. He's won his last three starts. Uh, so he, the Edmonton's still been able to win games with him. It's not like he's a been a, this massive. There is a drop off clearly, but it hasn't been this massive drop off going to Calvin Pickard with what we've seen from him. Two goals allowed against Detroit in a win. Two goals allowed against Anaheim in a win. Three goals allowed against New Jersey in a win. So you know he's been solid here for the uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, in these last few starts. So we'll see how this one goes. Uh, tonight, but um, certainly not interested in minus 650 uh, on the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I'm tempted by that first period team total look that, you know, I won with Vancouver with it early in the week against, um, who was it, Chicago, the same Blackhawks team. I went to the well with Seattle last night, that first period team total over, which was plus 200, by the way, at BetMGM. It was plus 200 for that cracking over one and a half team total uh, in the first period. I might get in there with Edmonton team total over one and a half tonight. Just keep that streak going. Chicago's been giving up goals early, especially on the road here this week to Vancouver, to Seattle. That's the only thing I would bet pregame, quite honestly. It's just Edmonton team total over one and a half in the first period. Get a nice plus price uh, with that. There's just very little value if you want anything on Edmonton. And I know there's going to be some people that might be braver than me that take plus 475. Uh, with Chicago, that they shocked the world and they end this 14-game win streak. And I guess with Pickard in net, who you know is capable of having a bad night, you know anything can happen. But this is just brutal for Chicago schedule-wise. I mean, you can't ask for worse. Seattle with a shorthanded, depleted team last night, and now in Edmonton tonight, less than 24 hours later. That's tough. That is as tough as it gets. Uh, Alex, what do you think, Chicago, Edmonton? So I like goals here. Spar- like sparingly. Obviously, we, we can't rely on Chicago to score a, a, a ton, but they are going to get out of their funk and, and not just be a team that just you know goes and either scores one goal or gets shut out. They're gonna they can we've seen some spurts of offense. They had a ton of chances last night. They had a chance to tie that game in the first period and and, and ruin the correct score. Uh bet when they got that that goal to make it two one, they were buzzing uh late in the first period. And then as soon as they hit the locker room, whatever energy went out of that building, and then they come out. Soderblom with a soft goal, 15 seconds in the second period. The rest is history. Now we get Peter Morazic most likely in net. Uh, and they said Calvin Pickard. Calvin Pickard has played against the Hawks more than any other team in the National Hockey League in his career. Yeah, he has eight starts against them. Two and four with a 3.23 goals against uh, and a 9-12 save percentage. So not world beater numbers necessarily. Uh, obviously, the clash of trends is what's the big story here. Edmonton on the historic run, winning. The Hawks uh, near, you know, one of their historic runs, losing on the road. I mean, this road run, it's reminiscent of, of the shit we saw in the late 90s, early 2000s with this franchise. Uh, just absolutely abysmal when they're away from 1901 West Madison. That being said, I think this game could be kind of a closer-paced game late. 
I don't think Edmonton blows the doors off Chicago early. I think Morazic was as well as he's played. Morazic gotten, you know, uh, he knows where he's going to be the next couple of years. You know, contract is safe and secure. I think he comes out and makes some big saves early, and we see the goals kind of come through late. But Edmonton could run out of gas here. You know, it's not necessarily because they're playing the Hawks. I just think they might just run out of gas. It's been a lot of positive hockey. And when you play in this winning streak, that pressure mounts. Uh, you know, it's, it's just like, you know, kind of being in that kind of same playoff kind of uh, mentality. Yeah, you're trying to win every game, win every game, and every game. But you have those crash and burn moments in the playoffs. Think about when you see teams lose in the playoffs. They, you know, swept somebody in the first round. They come out and then all of a sudden get their asses handed to them uh, in a game somewhere in the second round. This game is going to be a draw. I like this at plus 550. I was going to bet this regardless because of the principle of plus 550 for the draw. You wow. have to have some of that in pocket. But I yeah. actually think this is a legitimate draw play to the sense of where Edmonton could, you know, bounce out, get a, a ton of chances, and, 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 and you know, pepper uh, Morazic with shots. He makes saves, and then the dam breaks. We saw this happen in games late against Winnipeg. We saw this happen in games late against Dallas. That's Morazic's MO. He starts off strong and hot. But then the blue liners start getting weak and tired, and then he starts, you know, uh, he can't stop everything. He's not a brick wall. Something trickles through, and then that's when we start seeing him be more human. We see the defense even take more shifts off, which is insane, uh, and things get out of, out of hand. But with Edmonton, they're one of those teams, especially at home, even with this, this streak, we've seen them kind of let teams back into it. And now with Pickard and Nett, He's someone who can give up a goal or two. So plus 550 on the draw is something I'll be betting pregame, and I'll be looking for some other things when we're live on the podcast. All right, there we go. Uh, draw at plus 550. What a price there. Uh, the only thing I might sprinkle on that, but the only other thing pregame I'm on side or total is the Oilers team total over one and a half. If, you know, for some reason they don't strike twice in the first, you know, this is why it's good to have the Patreon-exclusive live betcast tonight. You know, we'll be able to maybe bet some live stuff in this game. See how it starts. Maybe have that wait. Just p be patient if Edmonton doesn't, you know, have an outburst of offense early, that maybe it can come later in the game as Chicago really starts to feel the fatigue set in of Vancouver Monday night, Seattle last night, and now Edmonton tonight, third road game in four nights, no question. So definitely... Uh, interesting to see how this one plays out. As far as the props go for Edmonton, I'm going to continue to say the same two guys, Fogel and McLeod. This is where the value is, and this is a big reason why Edmonton has been winning 14 games in a row, going for number 15 in a row tonight. Fogel and McLeod have given this team some depth scoring to help out Leon and Connor McDavid and Hyman and Kane. Uh, and Dylan Holloway, don't sleep on him too. He's up to the third line now, and he's playing better and better each game. Dylan Holloway might be able to chip in as well for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. All right, that is the Thursday card. Shout out to everyone in the chat. 276 live viewers. Hit the like button. We appreciate it very much. And as we mentioned off the top of the show, and for those of you that are patreon.com slash iceguys, uh, Patreon page members, you already know. You saw the YouTube link get posted this morning. Tonight is the night. It is our first Patreon-exclusive live BetCast tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Again, sign up and subscribe for just $10 per month at patreon.com slash iceguys to watch and to take part in tonight's BetCast. It's the only way to watch tonight's BetCast, and it's the only way to take part in it is being a Patreon member. So uh, join us for that. It's the same BetCast you know and love from the regular ones. A live betting commentary, a bunch of our great viewers and listeners joining us, throwing back some booze as well. 
and always a lot of fun. So looking forward to our first Patreon exclusive Ice Guys Live Betcast uh, of the new year tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. The YouTube link is posted on the page, and the YouTube link is only viewable to Patreon members. It's an unlisted YouTube link, so you can't see it publicly. You can only view it through the Patreon page as a member. So important to point that out. And if you want to join us on the Betcast tonight uh, and you're a Patreon member, just leave a comment. Uh, where the YouTube link is posted on the page. We'll send you the StreamYard link for the BetCast before it begins. And, of course, all the other regular content is there. Sides, totals, player props, daily, goalie charts, totals charts. We've got bonus videos coming up during the All-Star break. All that and more. Patreon.com slash IceGuys. Just $10 per month, plus tonight's exclusive live cast. And, of course, don't forget about the store. Get your gear and your IceGuys merch at IceGuys.MySpreadShop.com. Yeah, we got a deal going on right now. 20% off everything in the store right now. That the, That's the main store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. We've also got pinned on our X page at the underscore iceguys, which is Ian's temporary Twitter page. Uh, we have the limited edition merch, too. Some of those things will be gone after the All-Star break. So the Skinner shirts, the, the bomber jacket, there's the, the mug. There's a couple of items there that will be gone. So if you want to get those, you got a week to grab them, essentially, uh, before they're gone for quite some time so definitely check out both stores but don't miss that 20 percent off uh that's going for the next four days and that's at iceguys.myspreadshop.com all right good stuff uh all right it is time for bargain bin special of the night alex bargain bin what do you got i don't have a bargain bin special tonight i was combing through and looking through and it's a, a decent slate of games but nothing really stuck out to me so uh, i am skipping tonight's bargain bin special Nothing wrong with that. I'm going to go to uh, Nashville, Minnesota, and I mentioned him earlier. I'm going to go with Brock Faber on the blue line, plus 700 at FanDuel to score a goal tonight. Two in the last three games. He's shooting the puck a lot more, getting involved in the offense for the Minnesota Wild. It's a terrific price for someone that is definitely jumping into the play, getting involved offensively. And again, he has scored two goals in the last three games for the Minnesota Wild. Brock Faber, plus 700 for the Minnesota Wild for my bargain bin special of the night. All right, best bets for this Wednesday, or sorry, Thursday, I should say, NHL card. Uh, Alex, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, heading on up north to La Belle Provence. They're going to the Habs and the Isles, two of the biggest proponents of draw season so far. They're right there in the top three. Of course, the Maple draws right in the middle between them, but we're going with the regulation draw here at plus 360. Uh, Islanders and Habs should be a tight one. Uh, it's been impressive so far under the Patrick Wall regime with the Islanders. They've been still playing that kind of low and slow hockey that we're used to seeing. They've kind of not necessarily that it's oh Patrick Wall has now become a defensive gym, but it seems more like they've gotten back to just playing the style of hockey that they've been the most comfortable with, which is just that that unit. Those guys who've been there for a long time play well defensively. So New York Islanders, Montreal Canadiens draw plus three sixty. That's my best bet for this Thursday. There we go. Thailanders, never a bad option for a best bet. New York Islanders, Montreal Canadiens draw. Uh, best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, you're, you're pretty good in terms of always joining us in the chat, so I'll throw it on the screen and promote it. There you go. If you're into EA Sports, NHL gaming, there you go. Started a uh, Ice Guys team on NHL 24, looking for people to join Xbox One and PS4. So there you go. If you're into the video, I, I like it, but I like video gaming, but I have no time for it, unfortunately, yeah, I uh, especially if that's the problem. It's just it's my days are packed already. But if you want to join that uh, skis picks there, uh, there you go. Get involved with uh, a little EA NHL. It's in the game. 
I still remember that as their uh, slogan uh, all these years. All right, my best bet for this uh, Thursday card. Uh, lots to choose from, a lot of interesting spots here uh, for this uh, Thursday uh, slate. Uh, but when it's all said and done, uh, I'm going to end up going with the, um, I'm going to go with Ottawa here. Uh, plus 115, a home underdog against Boston. I like the way they're trending. They catch the Bruins on a back-to-back. Uh, tough spot here for Boston. Um, yeah, I think, and Ottawa's beaten them twice in a row at home. So Ottawa's matched up well with the Bruins, especially in this building. There is definitely some positive signs for Ottawa playing better uh, team hockey lately. And again, they catch Boston in a pretty tough scheduling spot. Boston hasn't been great on the road lately uh, either. They've been awesome at home, not so much lately on the road. I'm going to take Ottawa here, plus 115 uh, for my best bet here for this Thursday NHL card. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. And one more reminder, Patreon-exclusive Ice Guys live betcast tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. The only way to watch it is to sign up and subscribe for just $10 per month at patreon.com slash ice guys all right a reminder the ice guys is live seven days a week monday to friday 2 p.m eastern saturday and sunday noon eastern if you can't watch the show live download the ice guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms for alex b smith i'm ian cameron have a great thursday night enjoy the games and good luck and to all our patreon members we will see you for the betcast in a few hours later tonight 